Well, all right. You guys ready for God's Word this morning? Amen. Last week, we began a series uh, entitled Treasure Series. We've been talking about how to honor God with one of the most evaded or one of the most abused or one of the most conflicting, challenging, and sometimes frustrating topics in church culture, which is money. How do we serve the Lord with our money? And uh, I tell you that I believe that this is one of the areas that if we uh, surrender that area to God, that we were, we're going to see significant maturity and growth in our life. And so I'm hoping that you're excited about it because I'm excited about it. I hope that you're challenged because God's been challenging me and he's been giving me vision and clarity about this personally. And I hope that when you hear this today, that you understand, amen, your pastor is just simply wanting you to see biblically what it looks like to honor and to bless the Lord with this part of our lives, which is so important, which is our finances. Is that all right? Okay. So listen, uh, just before we move on today, uh, points to remember. Points to remember from last week. Or for those who may not be here, may have not been here last week, I, um, I want to just give you these points to remember. By the way, if you're here for the first time, we're glad that you're with us. Uh, we hope that the worship and the time of the preaching has been a blessing, will be a blessing to you. And if you'd like us to get a hold of you, if you need prayer, you'd like us to contact you about the church, uh, fill out that connection card. And there's this metal box back there, right where the tall and handsome Dave Drager is. Can you raise your hand, sir? Right there. Look at the... He couldn't raise his hand higher because his bicep is so big. You know, it was hard work. But, okay, so there's a box there. Just drop the connection card there. We'd love to get a hold of you and uh, contact you and connect with you. So, uh, but for those who weren't here last week, we begin to talk about finances and how to honor God with our money. And, uh, and points to remember from last, last week is, number one, Jesus talked about money a third of the time that he was with his people. A third of the time that Jesus was with us in the Gospels, we see him chatting and talking about money that much. Now, Secondly, we've learned this about our finances. We can't separate who we are spiritually from our finances. Remember that? We can't separate our spiritual walk from our finances. In other words, I can't say to myself, I'm, I'm a mature Christian while my finances don't line up biblically to the things that God says. Okay? So I have to bring that all in. Why? Because Jesus obviously talked about it so much. And Jesus came to save me. And to save me is a spiritual reality. And he says that those who worship God worship him in spirit and in truth. And if he talked about finances a third of the time, then it means that that is also a spiritual act of worship. Are you with me so far? So I cannot separate my finances from my honoring God or my growth as a Christian. And then uh, third, we, we found out this, this truth. When you look at the scriptures, wherever there is some extravagant generosity, wherever there's incredible gifts unto God, you're going to find that the presence of God is there moving in power. You're going to find that the Holy Spirit is doing something ridiculous. When David gave an offering unto God, when Solomon honored God at the temple, when Moses, when the people gave it to build, to build the, the ark, right? So many things. Every time you see a people who are generous, you find the glory of God. The church, Acts 2.42, Acts 4. You find that generosity is a part of the church. So today, as we continue our talk about biblical stewardship or biblical finances, I want to share with you how you and I can begin to honor God with our finances. Now that we are aware that we cannot separate our spiritual life from our money, how do we serve God with our money? What does it look like to follow Jesus with our finances? And I truly hope uh, that you're excited today. I'm, 
the reason why we've taken the time to talk about this series is because we believe this to be such an instrumental part of our walk. We believe that when we submit this to Jesus, when we submit this area to Jesus, just basically say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? We believe that this brings clarity, vision, excitement about what God's doing in your life, clarity about what God's called you to do and purpose. When you begin to direct your money in a way that lines up with the vision and the mission that God has given you. So how can we begin? The question is this. How can we begin to honor God with our finances? Number one, just going to go through these very quickly. Maybe not so quickly, but the first point will be quickly. Maybe semi-quickly. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Number one, be cheerful. When you give, give with a cheerful heart. Before you make up your mind to give anything, you and I have to come with the right attitude when it comes to giving. Are you with me? I remember one time we lifted up an offering, and on that wonderful offering, there was an envelope saved for me with a big note that was written in capital letters. And the note said, if pastor doesn't want me to eat, well, fine. (laughs) Wow. It's pretty serious. (laughs) When we give, we got to learn to give cheerfully. Why? Listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Isn't that incredible? So number one, we make up our minds to give cheerfully because we know who we're giving to. We know who we're giving to, and we're giving to him out of a joy and an excitement of who he is. And so everything that I'm about to talk to you today about, and I want you to know whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for a long time, everything that I'm talking to you about today, I want you to know I am not in any way, shape, or form wanting anyone to feel like they have to give out of guilt, compulsion, or, or even pressure, okay? So if there's no joy and revelation about this and it doesn't line up, it's okay if you say, well, that's not for me. I'm okay with that. Right? Because what I want is the Holy Spirit to be at work in this life just like he would be at work in every other area of our lives. Right? What I'm asking you to do is say, God, if I, it, what, what I'm telling you that we need to do if we're going to be givers or if we're going to be a people who surrender this area to God, number one, we have to have this attitude of thanksgiving because we know who we're giving to. And we know what, he, what he's capable, what he can do with our meager finances. Are you with me so far? So number one, before anything, we have to be cheerful if we are going to give and honor God with our monies. Secondly, uh, we have to know what we are giving and who we are giving it to. Right? We got to know who we are, what we are giving and know who we are giving it to. So just like, I don't know, have you ever received a gift or something from someone who didn't want to give it to you? No. Here, you can have this. Take it. Why don't you take it? <laughs> right? <laughs> Just leaves a bad taste. You ever received something? Somebody made you something, maybe something and, and, and presented it to you and just in the wrong attitude, kind of just left a bad taste in your, mu- in your mouth, right? You know, God is a person. Do you know that? And in the same way, amen, he responds sometimes to the way that we present things to him. We have to know who we're giving our gifts to and we have to know what we're giving to him. Does God care about what we offer to him? Absolutely he does. 
Listen to the portion of Scripture in Genesis chapter 4, 2 through 7, talking about two brothers, Abel and Cain. I'm gonna, some of this uh, is not on the PowerPoint, but I'm just going to read it to you as best as I can. Some of it is. And it reads this way in 4, verse 2 through 7. Later, Eve gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, I want you to pay attention to what's happening here. Here's Cain and Abel who are given a sacrifice to God. Now, who do they learn that from? They learn that from their parents. Obviously, there is an established reality that it is honorable unto God to give and offer unto him good gifts. The Bible says Abel brought to God choice portions out of his flock. He, in other words, took time to intentionally think about what he was offering God. He didn't just offer God a steak. He offered him a filet mignon. Some good stuff, right? He didn't only just think about just offering something on the way, by the way, here, but rather he looked at all that he had and he took of what he had and he offered God the best of what he had. Consequently, the sacrifice that he offered was a sacrifice that pointed out the reality that God, I am not my provider. You're my provider. I do not depend on me. I depend on you. And let this offering reflect that reality. On the other hand, Cain was more like a, he just grabbed some of the fruit. You see the difference between intentional giving and just grabbing some of the fruit? See, Cain was tipping God while Abel was depending on God. And there was a big difference there. And so consequently, God says to Cain, why are you so downcast? Why are you so upset that I'm not receiving your gift? Don't you see that you're not doing right? That was the sin. It was sin before God for Cain to offer something that wasn't intentional unto God. That was where the sin began. Bible says sin is crouching at the door and its desires to have you. And most of us read that and think that the sin that is going to have them is the murder when he commits, when he kills his brother Abel, right? But that's not, that's not the deal. The sin actually begun with a divided heart, which is a reflection of what we do with our treasure. Because where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also, the scripture says, right? Wherever our money is, that's where our heart will be. Are you with me? Are you following so far? And so the sin began there, and it led to greater sin. And this, I love what Matthew Henry says about this reality. He says this, those who do not sacrifice well, those who do not sacrifice well, but are careless and remiss in their devotion to God, expose themselves to the worst temptations, and perhaps the most scandalous sin lies at the door. Isn't that incredible? So... Abel's offering, on the other hand, was so pleasing to God that thousands of years later, he's being mentioned in Hebrews chapter four, uh, 11, verse 4. God says, uh, the scriptures teach us about Abel this, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Isn't that incredible? Now, what was the faith of Abel? 
that he took all that he had and he said, I'm going to give God the best of what I have. Isn't that incredible? That's challenging today to me. That's challenging. So two things. So we're going to give, we're going to honor God with our monies and our finances. Number one, we're going to give cheerfully. Secondly, we're going to know who we're giving to and what we're giving to him because it matters, right? Because it matters. Now, can I tell you a story? I'm going to tell you a story about the first Valentine's my wife and I had. Laura's laughing. But I remember the first Valentine's, I was scared to death. Like, I cannot mess this up. If I mess this up, I'm never going to hear the end of it. So I said, what am I going to do? So I got some flowers. Okay, flowers are a win. I made up a song. I went to her job. And you know how I can sing in the key of Z minor? I went, to the, I went to the job, and I just, I just sang a song in front of everyone in front of that workplace, and I took her to J. Alexander's, our, our favorite restaurant, right? And it was just wonderful. And it was, I, saw, I, I was like, man, I, I won. That's a win. And what did I get? A stuffed doll from clearance with a broken leg. Man, here's the lesson here. Valentines are for the wife. They're not for you. Amen? Amen? But listen, when it talks, <laughs> we, when, it comes to, when it comes to giving, if you, your love language is giving, right, which God is an expert in all the love languages. You know the love languages? Giving, physical touch, word of affirmation, quality time, and what am I missing? Acts of service. Right? God is an expert of that in all that. When it comes to giving, we have to keep in mind who you're giving to and what you're giving to them. It, I say that jokingly. It really doesn't matter what she gave to me. As a matter of fact, I felt great that that's what she gave to me because I felt I blew her out of the water. Because <laughs> the gift I got, I can't talk about. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Are you with me? You know what I'm saying? We have to know who we're giving it to and what we're offering. And that's what matters. Amen. Are you with me? Can I talk like this? Oh, I don't know about pastor. He's getting crazy. All right. All right. So we got to be cheerful, right? We got to be cheerful about our giving. Secondly, we got to know who we're giving to and what we're giving. And then here for for us as believers, where do we, we begin? How do we begin to honor God with our giving? Here's a great place to start. A great place to start with our giving is to tithe, to give our tithe unto the Lord. Now, let me talk to you about tithing. What tithing means is to give 10% of what we make of our income, of our gross, to give 10% to the Lord. So when a person tithes today, a person sets aside 10% of their income to give to their home church in honor of God and in partnership with the vision of the church. Because ultimately, if we're a part of a church or of a movement, we are responsible for what God's doing in that church. And we feel a call to that church. And just as much as we are receiving life, we want to give life. Does that make sense? Here's the deal about tithing. It's awesome. If you make $10 a week, then you tithe a dollar. If you make $100 a week, you tithe 10 bucks. If you make $10,000 a week, you tithe $1,000. The beauty about this is it teaches us things.